Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven program that works to connect you with scientists to learn how science impacts all of us and our everyday lives. I'm Natalie Rodriguez, fourth-year animal science major with a minor in agricultural and natural resources communications at the University of Florida and I am your hostess today. You're currently listening to an episode from Streaming Science. In the following interview, I spoke with Algie Lewis, a fourth-year biotechnology major at the University of Florida. We discussed the underreported ancestral background of human cells in regenerative engineering. The ancestral background of cells may play a role in cells' behavior and response to the therapeutic interventions in vitro. This study investigates just how much the ancestral background is underreported. Through this podcast, I hope you gain insight into Algie Lewis's research and an overall sense of how scientists are moving forward to create new and unique solutions to address current global issues. Let's welcome our guest, Al J. Lewis, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie Rodriguez, and here today we have Al J. Lewis. So, Al J., tell us about yourself, like your year, your major, and what your major is. Hi, guys. My major is biotechnology, and I'm a fourth year. Biotechnology is kind of a mouthful. The way I would describe it is leveraging what we understand about biology to implement it in our daily lives. An example of this would be creating a vaccine based on what type of bacteria respond to antibiotics. What made you want to study this? So I came to the University of Florida originally to study prosthetics. And then I learned that you can actually do micro prosthetics. So synthetic implants, biotechnology is that field, basically. But my goal right now is to create synthetic implants, which are still considered prosthetics, using my understanding of biotechnology. Were you always interested in technology since you were a kid or how did that come about? I was always a good bio student and I wanted to learn coding. So to like try to bridge those two worlds was very difficult at the time. But when I came to the University of Florida, I realized like, oh, these two things are not that separate and you can actually use coding and your understanding of biology to do something better for the world. That's super cool. I think I started going to school for that too, between science and and learning technology. So just combining the two, that's actually a cool major. I understand you took part in a research that discussed how research studies that include human cells have been found to underreport the cells' ancestral background. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah. So the study, the title of the study is Ancestral Background is Underreported in Regenerative Engineering. The motive for the study was to see if studies across the field were properly labeling cells for their ancestral information. The reason for this is because we know that based on lineage and ancestral background, cells will react differently to different stimuli or have different genetic factors that lead to things like cancer, you know, or malaria or stuff like that. So understanding the differences between cells based on ancestral background or even just labeling them, period, can give us a better framework for what cells we're using and it improves the standard of the field. Your research, is it mainly based on cancer or is it based on all types of diseases? In the lab that I work in, it's mostly based on cancer, but you can actually use that information for other types of diseases because cancer is not the only thing that affects cells. In fact, most diseases are based on your cells. It's mostly cancer based, but you can actually use it for other diseases. And what made you want to be a part of this research? What was your role as well? Well, I like literature and I like reading about new scientific breakthroughs. And I also kind of have this desire to uphold the standard of literature. So anything that's kind of holding 
the field accountable and making it better. I want to be a part of. So that's what initially got me into the study. What is like the significance of underreporting the cells' ancestral background? Why does it matter? Well, uh, I'll give you an example. So there was a study, there were two studies done like five years ago, and they found that there is a disparity between the mortality rates of black women and white women when it comes to breast cancer. The study was done between the years of 1975 and 2017. And while over those decades, we've seen a decline in the mortality rate of both black and white women, there's still a large disparity between the amount of white women that are dying from breast cancer versus black women that are dying from breast cancer. A similar study found that stem cell Cells in African women have a certain genetic factor that leads to cancer versus European cells that don't show this progenitor at all. So we know from genetic testing that there are different genetic factors and these things can lead to real world implications like a disparity between the mortality rates in people. So if we can figure out why this is happening just by looking at ancestry, I think it's worthwhile and we can save a lot of people's lives. Why do you think they're underreported? Do you have maybe uh, an answer for that? Yes. I think there's a lot of apprehension to include race in certain discussions. You know, racism has a very complicated history and it's been used for subjugation and, and a lot of harm for people. And I think in a lot of cases, people think that the exclusion of race makes it an even playing field. But what they don't understand is that while race might be a touchy subject, it does matter and it does have implications for the real world. Ignoring it completely doesn't really save anyone, right? Facing it head on and realizing like, oh, this is what's really happening. A group of people are facing this disease and responding to it a different way than this group of people. Understanding why that is, I think is pretty important. What was your methodology throughout this entire research? The study wasn't really like clinical based. It was more so reading a lot of literature, but we read over 200 articles from 10 of the top regenerative engineering journals. And we also called them and interviewed them about their policy for reporting ancestral information. And then your conclusions based on everything, what, how did you? So what we found was kind of strange. We separated the information into two categories. The first one was primary cells, which are your everyday cells. Think of like blood cells that you donate. And the second category was immortalized cells, which are used for cancer research. They're the ones that are mutated so that you can have cells that divide rapidly so they don't die. You'll have a cell line that just doesn't die. In the primary cell lines, you actually find that a majority of them don't have any type of racial information or ancestral information reported. And this is from like blood cells all the way to like bone marrow, adipose cells. The the craziest thing to me is in blood cells, like when you donate blood, you actually fill out a form about your racial information. So it was kind of weird to me that most of the cells use in these studies are blood cells and they did not have any ancestral information reported. It kind of seems like they were purposefully removed from the record. And in the second category, immortalized cells, it's a lot more clear, clear meaning that there were cells properly labeled with their ancestral information, but it doesn't represent the population that we live in. So it was mostly white and European cells, then black and people from South America and stuff like that. And so it was definitely one-sided. That's what we found. What was the motivation behind the research the the motivation was to increase precision medicine right precision medicine is taking a cell and seeing exactly makes it tick for lack of a better term you want to make sure that you're accounting for every variable now biology 
there's a lot of variables to account for. But one of the ones that are mostly overlooked is race. Now, I'll give you an ex- another example, right? We know that women and men have different cellular compositions or not different cellular compositions, but there are differences between their hormone levels or the structure of, of their body. So that's understood. Right. But for some reason, we don't look at races the same way. And I get it because the history and everything. But I do think that it's important to say, hey, these people are reacting differently to a disease and these people aren't. Why is that happening? So the motivation was to encourage the field to be like, guys, I understand race is a touchy subject. I understand it makes us uncomfortable, but people are dying and we need to understand why. Maybe this study can lead to a medicine that can benefit people specifically from the African region, or maybe it can help us understand why cancer is affecting people in the Bahamas differently from people in Jamaica. You know, like understanding the, the specific variables is good for the field. So I've done my research as well. And I've noticed that there, the mortality rate in the hospital for black people is definitely higher than white people. Is this because they, there is more research on white men specifically? Yeah. So we, we don't know, but we can assume that there is a racial or ancestral component to it. The question is not whether or not people are dying at disproportionate rates. We understand that that is happening. The question that we're trying to figure out is why this is happening. And there are, we understand how biology works. We understand when you have an offspring, you pass on genes to that offspring and that per, that offspring lives and passes on to the next. We're trying to figure out what kind of genes are different people passing on and how can we develop specific medicines for those, those people. So the mortality rates in hospitals that are disproportionately black people, black women, this this type of research can actually solve and, and help to even that curve. Can you say black people are also kind of scared to go into research studies because of the history with black people and research studies? Yeah. So there's definitely some apprehension to partaking in scientific research. So would you say that part of it is because people don't want to include their racial or ancestral background in two studies because of history, given how black people have been put unknowingly into studies that has harmed them? Yes. So there, I understand the, the apprehension and there definitely is some apprehension. The specific study that I worked on, it seems to be a systemic issue, meaning that there isn't really a policy of we need to use racial information. It's, it seems from what we've found that companies are purposefully removing um, racial or ancestral information from the cells that they use, specifically primary cells. Because like I said before, when you donate blood, which is most of the cells that are used in lab studies, you give your racial information. It seems that from our findings, companies are removing racial information out of some sense of colorblindness or trying to not seem biased or maybe not wanting to make it a touchy subject. So they just kind of clear the playing field and you know, a cell is a cell, but a cell is not a cell. This cell came from someone. And I think that matters. Could they also be retracting that information because of white people and how then they don't want black blood? Well, that's that's hard to say. When, when we spoke to over like 14 companies, they didn't really bring up any policy against it or any like PR reason for not including it. That was just something that they don't do. I'm thinking it's a, a relic of the past, you know, something that you used to do before you just 
keep not doing it. I can't say for sure if they're worried about public backlash. I would say this though, in the field of medicine, if your job is to create the best medicine for people and save as many lives as possible, you really shouldn't care about the backlash. What would you suggest to do to try and fix this problem? To fix this problem, first we have to address it. So there's currently a substantial lack of reporting on the ancestral background of human cells used in research. The genetic and epigenetic differences between cells from donors of different ancestries should be recognized as instrumental players in the cell's response to stimuli. And so they should not be ignored. With this in mind, we suggest companies create a policy that requires the reporting of ancestral information for cells used in biomedical research. I heard some pretty big words in there. Let's tone it down a little. What is the difference between genetic and epigenetic? Genetic is what you pass on through your offspring. They're the genes that make up everything about you. And epigenetic are the environmental factors that affect how you are raised. For instance, epigenetic would be if you grow up in a very hot climate, you might be a lot darker toned based on how your skin reacts to sunlight and your the melanin in your skin activates and you become darker. That is not necessarily a genetic thing because your parents could be of lighter skinned. But because of the environment that you were raised in, your body acclimates and you get a darker person. Thank you for breaking it down for us. It really puts into perspective how genes and cells work. What do you think the future of this research is like? The purpose of this one was to set a standard. I presume the next step would be figuring out why the previous standard exists. Why are companies so apprehensive to porting ancestral background information? That would be the next step. Is it a malicious thing? I doubt it, but have to investigate. Is it just a relic of the past or is there another reason why companies are so reluctant to provide this information? The why is next. As a student scientist, what is something you would tell others that are getting into science or are thinking about it? Don't wait. So if you have something that you're interested in, just work on it. Read the literature. Look at what other people have done. How I started my research was on my resume. I had like current projects that I wanted to work on and I would link to different scientific journals that I've read. And that really puts you one step closer to your goal because people are already seeing that, oh, this person actually cares. They're not just thinking about it. They're actually doing it. So I would say don't wait till you get to school to actually start doing research, like actually just research. The Internet is there and someone will recognize it. Wow, that was very insightful. I hope a lot of people will take heed to your advice. Thank yeah. you again for coming. No, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Streaming Science, a podcast. Make sure to follow and reach out to us on Facebook at Streaming Science, on Twitter at Streaming underscore SCI, and Instagram at Students Streaming Science. I'm your host, Natalie Rodriguez. Thank you for listening. For more information, visit the links in the show notes.